You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I am Jeff Ellis, your host. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. It's great to eat. Great for you. Check it out. BuiltBar.com. So tomorrow's show will be me talking with uh, Ryan from Locked On Mets. We will talk a lot about the Mets, so I don't want to go too into the Mets now, but you do have to comment on the Mets a little bit because in their conference today, uh, they specifically said that had the timing been different, they would have claimed Brad Hand on waivers. Uh, we can emphasize the acquisition rather than the cost now that everything is official. What does that mean? That if Steve Cohen had been the manager or manager had been brought in already as the owner of the Mets, that the New York Mets would have claimed Brad Hand. Uh, the full extent of his comment, the other part was that the one year might have one year ten million dollars might have been an overpay, but sometimes the acquisition is more important than the cost, which speaks to his philosophy of roster building. Uh, the other thing is that Steve Cohen said that this is a large market team and they are going to spend like a large market team. Uh, we believe this is a major market team and it should have a budget uh, commensurate. Why can I not say commensurate with that? There we go. And, you know, when you look at this, this is not a team that has spent like a major market team. Uh, their payroll, yes, at $160 million was more than the Indians. And yes, they do dive into uh, expensive contracts from time to time, but the Mets are not the Yankees. The Mets are not the Dodgers, or at least they haven't been. Why is this important? Well, we'll talk about some Lindor ideas tomorrow, but this is just, they're not a team that's going to be afraid of his contract. Uh, they're not a team that is going to be afraid of adding that money. That is very clear. This is a team that uh, has an owner coming in uh, that is willing to spend and has space to spend because the last owner was not ready to spend at all. So game on. Uh, talking about the types of talents and the players that they want to add, we'll get into that again more tomorrow. But I think it's very clear that uh, Francisco Lindor not only makes a lot of sense to the Mets, but uh, clearly is someone that they would want to uh, go after themselves. So let's, uh, let's go looking for trades. I promised we'd finish off the AL West today. Let's start with the Oakland Athletics. This is a team that won their division. They looked quite good last year. They are losing their shortstop. But uh, I've talked many times about how Marcus Simeon is maybe the biggest enigma in the free agency market. Is he an average shortstop? That's what he's been every single year, except for 2019, where he was a top five MVP candidate. It's a out of left field year, so I don't know exactly how you value him other free agents of note liam Hendricks, who won the reliever of the year in the american league robbie grossman who as you know is someone i'd like to see the indians go after tommy listella who is someone else i'd like to see the indians consider in free agency uh and then you know good old friend tj mcfarland former indian also hitting free agency uh drafted by the indians i don't know if he counts as a former indian uh joaquin soria mike fears mike minor just some other names. Now, as a team, uh, and we can confirm Mark Kaneha, not a free agent, even though he was listed as one on uh, the Spot Track website. So, what are the A's going to do? It's very clear that they are set at center field, third base, left, first base, and catcher. Uh, right now, second base 
is listed as Tony Kemp over on Roster Resources. There is talk that they want to bring back Listella. He would just slot right in there. Stephen Piscotti, they owe multiple years of money to. He's probably a negative value at this point in time. And Chris Davis is a big negative value. He has shown some large regression. He's a power hitter who was never very selective into his early 30s. That regression is should be expected. I don't know who is going to step up, uh, who they might consider signing. They have been connected to the uh, second baseman uh, coming over from, let me make sure I get the name right. Now you know me enough to know I'm probably not going to get the pronunciation right, but we have, uh, his name is Ha Song Kim, and then he is a, a shortstop. I've also heard him described for the major leagues as a second baseman who has been very strong in his time uh, over in Korea. Now we've had good and bad in terms of Korean player performance. Uh, Joe Hung Kang, before off-the-field stuff, uh, eclipsed him, looked like a fantastic addition for the Pirates. Byung Park with the Twins was a bitter disappointment. Eric Thames came over from Korea and was great uh, as a former American player. It's been a bit of an up and down over the years. Kim is just 25 years of age, and he turned 25 in October. So he's, you know, peak player hitting the posting system right now. Uh, Good walk rates, even better strikeout rates. You know, strikeout rates traditionally for him, especially the last two years, about 13 and about 11 with walk rates about 11 and about 12. That is important because when you look at someone like Park, he uh, his struggle was contact. And we've seen that players with contact struggles, that gets more exasperated. It's a very strong profile. And I mention this because Oakland's one of the teams I've heard most heavily connected with, uh, with Kim repeatedly. So that could be somebody to keep in mind if they add him that he could also move into that infield situation for them, could potentially move into the shortstop situation. We know in the past the Indians have had an interest in Chad Pinder. He is getting close to free agency, and he's more of a backup. I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot there for the Indians uh, in terms of interest. And then just top prospects, it's almost all pitching, or it's guys who are very far away. I do like Nick Allen a lot. Uh, Any deal I would consider with uh, the Oakland Athletics would probably be around him if I'm looking at a bigger deal. But if you're just looking for the Cleveland Indians, can they find help immediately? I do not think Oakland is a great fit. I just don't. Oakland needs to fill multiple spots on their own team. They need a, you know, they need a corner outfielder and a DH that they can count on. They need, they need to replace both infield slots uh, up the middle. It's, it's a team that has some good players for sure. It's a team that could contend next year, but I don't see a natural fit. Uh, and I do think, as much as I like Nick Allen and Dalton Jeffries, it's hard to find a Lindor fit. Oakland has gone all in. Uh, John Lester deal comes to mind in recent years. Uh, that wasn't all that recent ago. Uh, recent ago, that wasn't all that recently. It was a while ago. Probably been the better way to phrase that. But yeah, they're a team that I think if they feel like they could really compete, would pay a, a hefty price. I just don't know if they're going to do that right now. And the other team to talk about out west is the dreaded Houston Astros, and we will talk about them in a moment. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Everybody knows that I love Built Bar. This is what I had uh, for breakfast and lunch today. 
I did two of the strawberries, and then the apple crisp was my breakfast. I just think it's a delicious tasting bar. It fills me up, it gives me energy, and it helps me go about my day. Uh, teaching from home during quarantine uh, for the last two weeks, Built Bar has been my go-to for those meals, the quick meals during the day, and the quick meal before classes begin. When you go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code Locked On, you're going to get 20% off your order. So make sure you go there today. Check it out. I always recommend the mix box. I think it is best just to get as many different flavors, mix and match, see what you like. So go get that mix box. Treat yourself. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your order. The Houston Astros. It's, it's kind of hard putting together a trade just because, I don't know, I still... I still have anger. Uh, it's crazy uh, that AJ Hinch and Alex Cora are managing, managing our managers again after one year off. Uh, not even a full season, not even a full calendar year. They are both back in jobs after being involved in cheating. Ugh. I mean, it still drives me a little up the wall. Uh, and it's still crazy to think about from my perspective. But. Let's still look at this Houston Astros team uh, and see what they could conceivably consider trading, what they are looking into. Uh, it, you know, that kind of maybe something that might have been missed is, you know, they they had quite a few guys option out uh, and elect free agency at the end of the season. Most notably, Roberto Asuna did pitch like four and a third innings. I want to say it was something low, and he uh, decided not to get surgery. He thinks he could pitch next year, and they waived him instead of keeping him on roster. So Roberto Asuna elected free agency. Dustin Garneau, who they also outrouted to the minors, was signed to be their catcher. Chris Davinsky, Chase DeJong, those are guys who were viewed as important parts of the, their pen. Uh, they did decide to keep Brooks Raley, who bounced around. We saw him with the Reds earlier in the year. But it does set uh, this, I mean, it's going to be, no matter what, a fascinating team for a lot of reasons. Uh, we talked about Christian Javier and his finish in the Rookie of the Year. Jose Urdique is back and healthy. Lance McCullers, you never quite know. Framber Valdez looked very good throughout the course of the year, and they still have Zach Granke. So the starting rotation that, yes, I thought would be an issue, like many others, actually came together. Uh, Ryan Presley moved into that uh, closer role and was great. Joe Smith didn't get to pitch last year because he opted out, and they had some other guys step up and have some decent years, like Blake Taylor and Aaron Scrub. Uh, I still think uh, Sayono Perez is an interesting guy, hasn't gotten the chance. Austin Pruitt, I think, was hurt and did not get a chance to really show what he can do. We don't know if Verlander will come back, and we don't know when Josh James will be back, but he's another interesting arm. So this is a team that... I don't think arms are necessarily their big needs. Let's talk about offensively, where they line up. Uh, their depth, uh, you know, Michael Brantley is another free agent for them. George Springer is a free agent. Uh, in terms of other, I forgot to mention Brad Peacock and uh, Josh Reddick. So it's three outfielders for them gone. So what does their outfield look like? Kyle Tucker, Chaz McCormick, and Miles Straw are currently their projected outfield. Yeah, that's not ideal. What about who are their top prospects? Uh, there's Brian Abreu, who pitched in the majors this year. Brandon Bilak. Uh, Forrest Whitley, we kind of expected to pitch in the majors, but it's it's pitching. They don't have 
a ton of ready-made outfielders. Uh, Jordan Alvarez didn't get a chance to do much this year. He is pretty much a DH only for them. Uh, I do like Abraham Abraham Toro quite a bit. He is a infielder. I'm not sure what they will how they will deploy him, but trying to find a trade to fit with the Indians is difficult with the Astros to say the least because they need outfielders right now too. They could very much be a team that is active in the free agent market for outfielders. In terms of, you know, just their their one prospect of of note who's could jump in and help Toro is a guy who played mostly third base and some first base uh, this past season. And just in terms of what he played in the minors, I'm just trying to get to a game log for him. Uh, he's mostly been a third baseman. That that's where he goes. So I maybe they flip someone like Toro Toro for some help at another position, something more proven. At the same time, if you're the Indians, uh, I don't know if third base is really where you're looking for assistance. We know Houston is not a place for uh, Francisco Lindor. They are dealing with their own shortstop issues with Correa approaching free agency at the same time, and they're they're kind of having their own just general issue with Springer this year, Correa soon. Uh, It's a team that is dealing with players hitting free agency. They lost Garrett Cole a year ago. Uh, I know no one feels sad for them, but they are definitely going through their own struggles. I don't see a trade here. I, I don't. They need to add bats themselves, and their pitching right now you have to feel more comfortable about than their starters or than their you know, their fielders, I should say, the guys who are going to hit. Their starters, You, I mean, if you're an Astros fan, you have to feel pretty strong about it. Like Their top five all performed pretty well uh, at various points this year. And that's even without Verlander. So again, their starting starters feel good. The bullpen, maybe not as much because they let a lot go. Uh, But it is a team that I think will probably look to add some mid-level bats. I think they'll try to go out there and see who's available, who they can get on uh, a decent contract. But yeah, the Houston Astros, another team that don't really match up with the Cleveland Indians. And I don't think... uh, most fans are heartbroken about that. So let's head to the East. We'll, of course, save the Central for last. Uh, we already talked about the Yankees and their situation in terms of Lindor. There could be a lesser deal, too, um, just to ignore Lindor. And when you look at this team, if they're willing to trade some of their hitting depth, um, I mean, maybe you could do something like Carrasco for Clint Frazier, but that. I don't know if that's quite the deal that uh, the Yankees would do straight up. You might have to give them a sweetener in that. There is a, a, a trading someone like uh, Carrasco now. I, I really don't know where his value lies. I, I don't. It's it's hard to figure out. But yeah, the Yankees and Indians could make sense in a lesser deal. But I, I also think there is a tendency to not want to trade with the Yankees in general. So let's talk about uh, the Orioles. You might have forgotten that Boston, Boston, the Baltimore, and I clicked on Boston when I was on roster resources, so that's why I did that. You might have forgotten that uh, the Orioles actually started the year quite well, and I think I don't know two weeks in where they still lead in the division. At least the first weekend in, they were uh, playing very well. Uh, their best hitter throughout the course of the year, good old Anthony Santander, and I will still uh, be mad about that till the end of time because. Yes, it was a calculated gamble, but the Indians protect pitchers who are not top 10 prospects. 
Santander was a clear top 10 prospect they chose not to protect. Uh, it was a gamble, and it was a gamble that failed. So what about the rest of this Baltimore team? I don't think Baltimore is really in their contending sphere of time. I think they are still a team that recognizes that they are in the middle of a full rebuild and finished 25 and 35 last year. That's not a particularly great season. And I don't think there's anyone who is quote unquote untouchable. Now, I think Ryan Mountcastle would be uh, really hard to get because he's only 23. I think Anthony Santander at 25 would not be someone who they're racing around to get rid of. I think you see a similar story with Cedric Mullins, who's also just 25. Man, I didn't realize that old friend alert, Andrew Velasquez, played uh, 40 games at short for them, 77 plate appearances. So who could be there? You know, Hanser Alberto had a bit of a regression towards mean. He was uh, closer to an average bat. Their second best performer, Renato Nunez, who was, I want to say, was it Oakland where he came up and was a, a big-time prospect? Uh, he, the year before, had been closer to average but had performed decently. So now you're looking at two years or a year and a half, if you want to view the data, of a pretty good performance. He turns... 27 uh, in April so he's someone they could hold on to he had a really good year and could be viewed as an ascending value and I guess that's kind of where you are in general with this team like it is a team that does not have a lot of older pieces it has a lot of youngish guys who are 25 26 27 uh, talked about Chance Cisco during the course of the season a 741 OPS for him is not bad Pedro Severi uh, Severino had a good year at catcher as well. Uh, just going up and down, you look, Austin Hayes was about average as a center fielder, former top prospect. DJ Stewart had an odd year, and I don't know what, I, I liked him since his Florida State days, and it didn't look like it was going to come together for him, and he hit 193, but had a 355 on base percentage. That's right. He had a 355 on base percentage because he walked so much. Uh, 20 walks in uh, in 112 plate appearances. It's a it's a very high walk percentage for DJ Stewart. I I mean he's not someone you target in a trade. Obviously, uh, as a secondary piece in a trade, he's kind of interesting. Like hey, he's not gonna probably start for you guys. The other issue with Stewart is always he was a left fielder or a DH. That was his future. He just did not have the range we would see with uh, maybe another uh, outfield type where you think, okay, I can slot him in to play either corner spot. Uh, just not uh, Defense is not his strength. But yeah, if you were curious, I went to look it up. 18% walk rate, 34% strikeout rate. Bat pip was 233. So he was incredibly unlucky. So yes, he had 193, but he's very unlucky. If he could hit closer to 238 and keep a walk rate, I mean, his walk rate in the minors was over 12, uh, and he was a huge, huge walk rates in college. Last year, in his first extended look in the majors, his walk rate plummeted to under 10. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, maybe this is a change for him. Uh, the The power was also a nice improvement, the seven home runs uh, in 31 games. So, yeah, an interesting secondary guy, and I think that's just the whole thing with Baltimore. Like, I don't know what to make of any player on this team outside of, like, the Stars. It's like Renato Nunez, another DH type, but, you know, he played well. He's someone you have to consider. Stewart's numbers you can't look past. And I think the 
the other players just talk about is uh, their first baseman, Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini missed all of this year due to colorectal cancer. Uh, Baltimore posted a video of him saying we're back in the cage on the 5th of November. And he's, I mean, he's been a great hitter throughout his career in the, uh, the majors. Another one of those, I believe, Notre Dame guys. Uh, and you can look at his, you know, his baseball savant numbers, uh, exit velocity, hard hit, uh, barreled, all of that stuff is great. Yeah, he strikes out a lot. He is a pretty bad defender in the outfield. But if you're the Indians, he could be a great first baseman with multiple years of control who slots in uh, and plays first base right away for your team. He is going to make, I believe, just about $5 million in his second year of arbitration, 28 years of age. So where does, you know, would Baltimore trade him? He is older than a lot of the other guys that we have talked about. Uh, in that core, his value should be, you know, I, I don't, it's hard to judge his value, honestly. Um, should comment and say that whatever team, if they do trade him, they'd get him for 2021 and 2022. It's just a two-year period because he is into arbitration already. So I, I, I just find a hard time thinking value because it will come up that like he is recovering from cancer and that's a concern and that he missed a year of, uh, of active play. Uh, but when he has been in there, he has been one of the best just hitters in baseball. He walks, he hits for power. Uh, last year, he was worth 4.1 uh, offensive war by baseball reference, or two years ago, I should say. He's a great hitter uh, who is, again, you have two years before he hits free agency. He turned, he'll turn 29 in March. The Orioles could move him. Uh, they could also choose not to because it could look very bad. I'm unsure. But there are some trades, and we're going to spend some more time on the Orioles. Uh, specifically, you know, we talked about names to know, but I think it's time to figure out, uh, you know, could there be a world where you trade for a, a, sand, a, sand, a Santander? Is there a trade that could work for Cedric Mullins? Let's spend a little bit more time on him. Uh, he is a broke out a few years ago as a prospect. The Indians could still use a real center fielder. They don't have one right now. What's DJ Stewart cost? What is his value in a trade? Um, could the Indians make a trade for Jose Iglesias, who played really well last year uh, and still has good defensive chops? Things like that. I think it is worth spending a little bit more time on this Baltimore team, a fascinating team, and a team that I think very clearly could still trade off some talent that you know their top prospects are getting closer and they've got a really nice minor league system that they continue to build out and that's not just because they acquired Taryn Vavra one of my favorite sleeper prospects that is just an in general statement about this Baltimore team so I'm still really intrigued I think that they are a fascinating team they have some really interesting players and I think could make a trade if the right deal is proposed to them this has been Jeff Ellis, the Locked on Needs podcast. Remembering, I want to remind you to rate and review. It always helps to download the show. Uh, thank you to DB Sice, who gave me some great feedback on the show. I'm trying some new things today. I spent uh, an hour with our sound specialist. So let me know how today's show sounds. Uh, if the improvements are working, there are still some things I need to do in general just to make it better. But I am trying to find ways to continue to improve this show all the time. 
thank you for downloading and dealing with uh, my audio, my neophyte knowledge of audio stuff. It is always a bit of a tricky bird. And remember that tomorrow's show will be the video version. Talking with uh, Ryan over on Locked On Mets, we'll uh, we'll go deep. So if you want more Mets talk, it should be great. Uh, if you're tired of the Mets, I'm sorry. Uh, it'll be my last one until the Indians trade Lindor to the Mets. I have been Jeff Ellis, and as always, go Tribe.